0: And now, another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael.
1: All right, folks. Welcome back. We got another episode of Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We got episode number uh, six here. We got Dreams, Rem, and Lucid Dreams. And we've got our buddy uh, Chris Emerson's back.
2: What's up, guys?
1: All right. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) let's get weird so uh chris yo tell us uh tell us a little bit about lucid dreams what have you been learning about this
2: well um they're pretty unreal man um (laughs) uh yeah i got really into it uh gosh it's been it's been a while since I really jumped into it, but uh it, maybe first like the thing that got me into it was the richard linklater film uh uh, uh waking life have you guys seen that
1: I've never seen that actually
0: i watched the uh, uh, i watched like ten minutes of it I couldn't handle it i mean it was <laughs> it was cool it was just fucking with my brain though like the yeah. imagery
2: yeah what... it's it's nuts yeah
0: did uh you
1: So you tried to watch, what about it made it so hard to watch? It's, uh,
2: It's well, it's filmed, and then they animated over the live action, uh, you know, shots. So it's, it's very strange to oh watch. Yeah, it's
0: like chroma, it's called like chroma, uh, hold on. I don't really know, I can't remember what the hell it's called, but.
2: You looking it up?
0: Yeah, they use some weird <laughs> technique on it. Chromation. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not dazed and confused, I'll tell you that. <laughs>
1: yeah, this kid told me to watch that movie Pie. That's the most psychotic thing you could watch. I don't even. Know oh that. yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. I was going crazy at the end of it. I can't believe I watched the whole thing. So
0: yeah, called, that's crazy. It's called rotoscope. Yeah, rotoscope. That
2: sounds about right. Pretty crazy. Yeah. So anyway, uh th- like it's this whole thing where you like you don't know if this guy's dead or he's dreaming or it's just you know this kind of existential kind of thing, you know, but they talked a lot about lucid dreaming. And, uh, so then like a little later on, I came back around to it and, and read a couple books and, uh, got really serious about like the, the discipline of how to train yourself to do it, uh, intentionally. And, uh, yeah, at one point, like I was real disciplined with it and I could, I, I would have up to four separate lucid dreams in one, in one night. Wow. Which was pretty crazy. Like you would, you'd be in one, you'd leave, like go back. Yeah. You know,
1: I feel like I do that sometimes if I like fall back asleep in the morning, like at an an early time, like I know, okay. Yeah. Like kind of what you're saying, like I'll dream for a little bit and then I'll go back to sleep and then I'll have a completely different dream. But it's, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of part of the same thing. I don't know. It's weird.
2: Well, actually, uh, okay. So part of the technique is, uh, uh, like you, like one thing you would do is set your alarm for, like, let's say, uh, you know, 4 or 5 a.m. Uh, okay. to purposely wake up, like like you're saying you would wake up, because it's a peak time to have a lucid dream. So you, you purposely do that. Like you get up and you kind of you maybe go to the bathroom, you walk around, whatever you do to kind of, you're, so you're kind of awake, and then you go back and then there are these, like, almost like mantras you can do uh, to send yourself back into it. And uh, also, like several other mental exercises you would do throughout the day to uh, induce it, <clears throat> to induce the dreams when you when you go to sleep.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean that sounds kind of weird. I mean, I, I guess uh, oh, it, I didn't it, even really think of. It. I just consider it dreaming. But you're, I mean, like that's kind of like you know that song uh, "Sleep" by Fish. Mm-hmm. Like when he describes it in Bittersweet Motel, it's kind of what that is. It's like that thing that you're, you know, you're kind of waking up and you have that dream and then get you fully wake up and you kind of lose it, you know,
2: yeah, mm. well, so this is like um uh, like it's one thing to have like uh like this maybe accidentally have one or like have a moment of it, but this it's a completely different experience when you uh when there's like a serious intention behind it and you and you really work on the mental part of it and there are little exercises you can do inside the dream but essentially what happens is you wake up uh, fully conscious in the dream world and then from there it's the th- things that apply here in waking life do not apply there uh, like the laws of gra- gravity or any like physics that they're out the window. So, but you know? you're
1: saying that you, there's things that you can do to kind of stimulate this thing. You're saying yeah. during the day, so what are, are they, are they mental exercises? Are they physical exercises? What, what, what are they?
2: Yeah. Uh, more mental. Um, uh, so like, for instance, uh, well, the, the guy, the main, like kind of the leading researcher of this stuff, I, I feel like I'm going to mess up his name, but I think it's Stephen uh, Laberge is his name. Okay something like that, Labarge, Labarge, something like that. But he, uh, he has a book and I think it's just called lucid dreaming. I think he has a couple, but um, I've read it a couple times. And uh, anyway, he, he has like uh, lots of good info on it and, and like a, 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 like an exercise thing. So like, for instance, it would be like every day you'd have a separate exercise. Like, so like say um, on uh, Wednesdays you would, every time you see a red light, Ask yourself, like, seriously, ask yourself, am I dreaming? Is this a dream? Wow. You, know, you, can, you, you have to do it sincerely or it won't work. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, so so a- then, then uh,
0: what's that? That's that. I'm looking him up. He looks like he's from a dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <it's-> <coughs> <coughs> <But> yeah <it's- laughs> His last name is L A B E R G E. So Leberge.
2: So, uh, so anyway, what you do, you you would, you would ask that, but then you would also, then you answer you you, and you look and you go, no, this, I'm not dreaming, you know? And, uh, anyway, then, then, uh, you know, this is another really good one. That's also something they talk about in waking life. That really is true is look at a clock. So if you look at a clock Mm -hmm. and then, uh, uh, whatever time it is, look away for a second and then look back at the clock. And if the clock is stable, in the same time you're not dreaming so you would ask yourself the same thing because in a dream it's very unstable and it won't be the same time
0: right so uh, that, anyway. like that spinning that spinning top in uh mm-hmm. inception that's like a valid
2: that's a dr- like a dream sign thing yeah
0: i need uh, to check that out i haven't checked that movie out either
1: that's oh you
2: got so so then like what happens is like dreams a big i think a massive part of dreams is like you're reliving events from your day or like thoughts of your day it could be desires left over from your day or whatever the case is but then inevitably because you're practicing it when you're awake then when you're sleeping then you start asking yourself uh yourself these questions in the dream and then the answer starts to become yes i'm dreaming Because you you
1: realize it. So back to the time thing, they said something weird happened. Like when we went to digital clocks and you're no longer looking at the hands on the clock. Yeah. It was digital. There's a lot of synchronicities that started to happen. Like, excuse me. Um, When I look at the clock more oftentimes than not, when I'm having some sort of weird thought or like mystical thought or whatever, it's like 1111. And I, I looked it up. I guess that's like a common thing, but I would say more often than not when I look at the clock and it's like later, you know, it's 11 a lot. It's just like the weirdest thing. I was just curious if there's anything weird having to do with that, with what you're talking about.
2: Um, I'm not sure, but there's an interesting thing about time that he, uh, that uh, Stephen LeBerge talks about in his book. And uh, so like some people thought, oh, maybe, you know, if you're in a dream, it feels like it's, you know, 10 hours and it's really just you dreaming for like, Two minutes, you know, kind of thing, that kind of sure. theory, and so anyway, they they were able to. Um, uh, it's an interesting thing because he was the first guy to take this to like a a, a, a a study, like in a lab, like so he would he would have people that were trained to lucid dream, and then he had he had a signal. So then once it's crazy because once they become lucid, they're in their dream, but they can communicate. So mm. like so they would they would know what time it was <coughs> in, in waking life, and then send them in. And then uh, keep track of time, like, uh, I forget exactly how they did it, but what they, they found out was that it, uh, when you are in a lucid dream, uh, time is perceived the same way it is in waking life, which is pretty crazy. But
1: yeah, that is weird.
2: But what I would say that, that what it doesn't tell you is how time is perceived when you are not conscious in the dream. So it could be just to think of that's how our consciousness works when we're, when we're aware of any whether you're well, going to say like, that dreaming. too because like
1: let's say hypothetically i have a dream and it's three hours long mm-hmm. i might only take five to ten minutes of action time from that when i remember it and uh-huh. i have a good memory so i mean i don't remember what you're saying kind of makes mm-hmm. sense because i don't remember that whole span of like the whole thing playing out over time you know what i'm saying like it's just yeah. this small clip of like a like a movie but it's not anything of significance, you know, not how long it takes to, to get there, you know.
2: Well, okay, so then there's another interesting thing about that. So another, the other part of the exercise is that as soon as you wake up, and actually this is for any dream, and this is a big way to uh, help induce lucid dreams, uh, as soon as you wake up, um, do not move an inch, and then you, you lie there very still, and you re- try to recall as much as you can of the yeah. dream and then, uh, and at first it's really tough and then you get better at it. And then I've got a, a journal of these crazy dreams, you know, sure. like, and, and so then you keep like, uh, some people don't do this and they're, they they're able to do it anyway, but I, I, it was effective for me. Uh, but anyway, then like, but when you're in a lucid dream, I mean, you don't really forget it cause it's so It's really, really intense and really it's vivid.
0: Factful, yeah. Now does lucid refer to the, does it refer to you knowing you're awake, or you knowing you're in a dream, or does it just mean that you remember the dream completely?
2: No. Uh, lucid is that you're, 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 you're uh, aware of the fact that you're in a dream, uh, but you're not in your, what you would think of your normal sleeping state. You're in your waking, conscious mind, but, but living in the dream realm. So
1: would you say that's kind of close to, like, daydreaming then? Like, if you daydream... Well,
2: Uh, well, um, some people have a lot of success with lucid dreaming or inducing one during like a a day nap, like, and, and and there are techniques where you can, um, uh, so there's like your waking state and then there's, um, uh, oh gosh, what's it, what's it called? Uh, when you're in between there's, there's a, a name for it, hypnagogic the okay. hypnagogic state is that state where you're like oh you're kind of like am i in a dream or you know sounds like,
1: like something from stranger things
2: yeah the, like a lot of times in yoga at the end they have what's called shavasana and it's where you've worked really hard and then you just lie there and take a nice rest at the end and a lot of times in that i'll get into that hypnagogic
0: not elusive yeah that's my favorite part of it uh, the end <laughs> <Way> <laughs> yeah, <there>. yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, Yeah, well, me too, man. Hey, I mean, because the the thing that makes that worth it is the work that you do on the way to it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Kevin
1: loves himself some sleep. (laughs) Damn right. Damn
2: damn right. What was I saying about that? So anyway. um,
1: Well, I got a question, too. So um, I I have this, like, reoccurring dream. uh Uh-huh. And it's of this like beautiful, like Corinthian building and everything's glowing and it's like on the beach on this like ocean Mm -hmm. um, and things, it's like shimmering, like the whole thing. And then I find myself inside of it with like my fiance. um, And then I'm like walking around and I walk into the hallway and I see things like a table from my grandparents' house from the past. And then the odd thing about that is one day I was meditating and I was so deep into it I saw that same building and then I saw this like weird presence there too. I don't know. I just, I I was just wondering if, you know, if there's like a correlation between that as well, like being in a deep mental state and being able to kind of recall those things or tap into it.
2: Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. That, uh, um, so in the same book I've been referring to, um, so not only, you know, like not only do you get into these dreams and, you know, it's awesome, just because it's a, it's so different. But also, there there are practical uses for it. So one of which is a lot of people use them to overcome fears. Whether yeah. and usually that's something you're fighting in yourself. So like you could even create a, a like you can you can create your entire surroundings. You can go okay, right now I'm going to be in a building and it's on fire because I'm afraid of fire. I'm going to I know, but I'm consciously aware of this world is like a simulation. It is a simulation, and I can't get hurt. Right. So then you can over, it's like, uh, like a lot of therapists, I think do exposure therapy where like, if, if you have a phobia or or something, yeah, CBT, yeah, they, they try to gradually increase yeah, the they exposure. Make
1: you, I've actually been through it. They make you do things that whatever you're scared of, or whatever your anxiety is, they force you to do that thing. And So there's like, like out of one to a hundred, you have to tell them like what level you're at of whatever, you know.
2: Right mm-hmm. so so the, uh, the author of the, the lucid dreaming book is a, i i think he's a, a, a psychologist so that's kind of like he's you know like uh um he he's coming from a certain angle but that's one of the things he talks about is that you can use it like th- there's a there's a story in the book about a um uh, i think a cellist in an orchestra and and she had really terrible stage fright And anxiety, performance anxiety. I mean, you guys, you you know, know how that feels. You know, it's not fun. You get anxious and you're like, so anyway, she had a big solo. Yeah. Well, she had a big solo coming up uh, for like the biggest gig of her career so far. And then she, so she induced the lucid dream where she did the entire performance. And also you can practice, you can really, you can actually practice uh, any skill, but like an instrument or something in the dream. Jesus. And so she, she did that and then nailed it in real life, you know, um, and, and wasn't anxious at all. Like, she overcame it because, because in that zone, you can confront the things that you're afraid of, but knowing that everything's going to be okay because you're creating it and you're the one doing it, which is really with all that's happening anyway. You
0: know? Right. Yeah, but I can <laughs> see that turning into a nightmare and then wrecking her reality. Well, um, mm-mm.
2: Well, here's the, well, here's the thing. They're, they're,
0: you gotta kind of have confidence in yourself anyway if you're gonna well, overcome it in the dream. So
2: okay, so here's but here's an interesting point. He does um, say that people that are um, uh, have certain mental disorders, um, and I'm not, you know, like I, I I'm not a, I, am not I don't know exactly what they are, but maybe like multiple personality or whatever. He's like these people should not be doing this because yeah. you know. You know the guy that shot up the um, movie theater? I think it was that guy
1: uh, in Colorado, like a few yeah. years back. Yeah,
2: he was a big lucid dreamer. It might have been the guy that that shot. What was the, the uh, what was her name? The politician lady, Kathy. Yeah. Kathy uh, oh,
1: so man. basically, anybody that's not mentally stable shouldn't
0: be.
2: Well, because those, I think those people have a hard time discerning what's real and what's not anyway, and then sure. if you throw something like that into it, it's pretty powerful, and it could be. I mean, yeah, I
0: mean, that turns into Inception, where you don't, like, you know, when he doesn't know what the fuck's a dream oh, or not. Oh, oh, I see what
2: you mean. Okay, no, now what they're talking about is false awakenings with that, and that's a real thing. I've experienced it multiple times. Um, like, okay. So for instance, the first like a time
1: dream within a dream and then, you, you know, like that kind of a thing.
2: Yeah. Well, check this out. This is how it happened to me. Um, it's happened more than once, but, the, uh, 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 the, the thing that comes to mind, it, it was the first time that I had, uh, induced a lucid dream when I, after I'd been reading this stuff and w- was trying to intentionally do it because it happened one other time. Uh, um, not on purpose. But anyway, the first time that happened, I, uh, I became aware. And one of the exercises, is, it's really crazy. What you're supposed to do is you look at your hands and you, like, rub them together. <laughs> and the sensation of that keeps you really um, uh, sure. aware and awake. Just something about that. Uh, so, anyway, I was, I was doing that, and I was like, oh, I'm doing it. And then, and then I got, like, I got myself all amped up, and I kind of slipped out of it. And then I woke up and, and I was like at my parents' house and I was like, oh, dad, I had the craziest experience. You know, I, I've been working on this and I finally did it. And then I was like, and then I noticed stuff wasn't right. <laughs> and I like, I looked <laughs> down and I'm like, where am I? I'm like, oh, I'm still in it. And then the I just looked
1: up. Walks past, yeah.
2: The, well, yeah. And then I'm like, whoa. And then it just floated and went right <clears throat> through the house and I was out.
1: Yeah, so fly. basically that's that thing. I mean, we've seen that in the movies where somebody will wake up, think that they're woken up into reality, but really they're still in that plane, you know? They're still stuck there, and then they'll wake up again finally for the, you know, yeah. the last time.
2: And now for the real, like, the real trip of it all is, like, this is kind of what uh, Vedanta, the yogic philosophy, tells us, is that, you know, it's the same exact thing going on right now. It's just that we assume that this is is real. So, like, if you're in a dream and you're not lucid in it you just assume that when you're that conscious self in that waking state you just assume that's what's really happening and and the people are real in it you know what i mean you don't you you don't realize you're dreaming now lucid dreaming is a different kind of state but then when you wake up you're like oh of course that wasn't real you know and so what they're saying is no what you are doing right now that of course that's that's not real you know that's not the like and so this is why they they call it self-realization because you wake up to it you don't you don't understand it intellectually and you don't uh feel it emotionally or any of that kind of thing, you you become it. You bec like how you the dreamer becomes the waker, the waker becomes the self.
0: Gotcha. <clears throat> Jesus. It's <laughs> intense. Um it's pretty sweet though. I like that. I like what that. about
1: what about REM though? What, like, uh, Kevin and I, before we jumped on, we were talking about REM for a little bit rapid eye movement. Band, dude. That's when you get into such a deep sleep, you're, it's something that mammals and some birds do where your eye starts mm-hmm. to literally go back, almost like you're reading like a million words a minute, kind of back and forth. Right. Um, you know, what what part do you think that has to play in dreams?
2: Pretty big one. Or do you think one. it's
1: just a, a byproduct of dreaming? Hmm.
2: I don't know, like, you know, as far as that goes, I'm not sure, like, chicken or the egg or whatever. But, uh, uh, I, I,
0: you know, like, don't you do all your dreaming during the, during the run? I think that's the peak. I think
2: that's the peak time. So that's like, that's like when you're supposed to do the purposeful, you know, the wake up at that early hour, you know? And here's another interesting thing is that, uh, I'm always tying it back to the yogic thing, is that they, 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 I don't know if we talked about this last time, but they, they divide the day up into these sections. Yeah, you know, call the, this
1: from the, like 4 a.m. is when you should start learning things because that's yeah. when you're the most susceptible to like taking it all in.
2: Taking it in. So so 4 yeah. to 6 a.m. is the fix. They call it the highest. And, and that's then, what you want.
1: You want to be most fix, right? Like that's the best one.
2: Sattvic is the highest, you know, and then and then Rajasik is just kind of when you're engaged in the world and you're you know you're working and it's it's and you're very busy. No good. Tomasic is no good. We're in the Tomasic <laughs> talking about Sattvic though, so I think uh, we're okay. Yeah.
0: This is but, this is my realm of life, man. It's the late hours. Hey, you know. <laughs> but, but,
2: here, but here's an interesting aspect of it: is the best time to become lucid in a dream and experience that that world is during the Sattvic.
1: Okay. So it is, is the, like, that's what we were talking about. Like for like, that's when I, I mean, I don't intentionally do it, but that's like when I do wake up from whatever, for like whatever reason, and then I'll fall back asleep and do what you're talking about. So obviously there's something already kind of built into us. And I don't even have the best sleep patterns to begin with. So it's just something that must be ingrained kind of in us to begin with.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the idea behind the Sattvic, the Rajasic mm-hmm. and the, um, uh, the Tomasic, is that it's, it's just a universal... It's, it's just like how the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. You know, it's like it's just rhythm. It's just the rhythm.
0: Yeah, circadian rhythms, then. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> little
2: <So>, shout-out. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, as far as, uh, you know, we're talking about dreams and everything. Did you ever get into the Edgar Casey dream stuff? He's got a whole catalog of what certain dreams mean like if you dreamed about you were flying it actually has some sort of meaning and it's correlated or you know like that kind of stuff i mean you can look it up but i guess it's uh he's got a whole you know kind of like like list of things that kind of have a you know meaning when when you're looking at it like that
0: well actually yeah. i had actually something to add to that because uh, i was gonna ask do you think dreams are like a byproduct of your own whatever's coming from you or do you think it's an actual realm where you can communicate with other, I, I don't know, dimensions or whatever?
2: Um, well, you know, what I can say is that I don't, I don't think one way or the other, we really um, know all that much about them. Um, but uh, yeah, we
1: literally uh, know fun- nothing about dreams. I mean, we, right now we're talking about like the most, Cutting edge stuff, but in reality, there's really not too much going on as far as what 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 we know about dreams scientifically.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, as far as like, are they a different realm? You know, like the thing is, if we if we like, I I even said dream realm, and like it almost it's like you're talking about a place, like a physical place, and it's like kind of like um, I think it's something beyond that, you know. Um, uh-huh uh but uh you know like i i don't know what i think about that part of it i try like i usually try to just keep it within okay what can i know like like it's like i i can't i, I don't know you know i can't know like like we were talking about the dream we had you know right, when right. we were visited by friends you know and then
0: yeah yeah
2: you know like <laughs> i can tell you something
0: well, I was just going to say I've been questioning it a lot lately because one of my you know, real close friends passed away, and I've seen him in a couple dreams, and I'm just – when I wake up, I go, that was him communicating. He's, you know, he's telling me he's all right, this and that. And then as the day goes on, the dream becomes more fake to me, and then I just kind of convince myself that that's just something that I'm uh, conjuring up in my own you know, mind to help me cope with, with the loss or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were talking about I had the exact same um thing. I didn't have multiple ones. I had I had um uh you, you know I had one and it was very um intense, you know, and like but
0: yeah.
2: it's like we were talking about this, you know, it's like um <laughs> you know, getting truth from uh, places, unusual places, you can get some of the most amazing truths out of uh, a fictional piece of literature, you know. Like, like, yeah. uh, Herman Hesse, he's my favorite. Like, Siddhartha, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the author of Siddhartha, he has some amazing books, Narcissists and Goldman, Beneath the Wheel, Steppenwolf is one of them. But the, you know, these are fictional books, but there's some really amazing truths in them,
0: you right? Know? Like, yeah. this is what.
2: The, the mythology was, I think, you know, it's to, it's to pass along truths through, through story. So
0: if through, it's helping me, it doesn't really matter if it's like, yeah, it's one like, thing okay, or another.
2: like, well, like, kind of, like, I mean, like, like um, there's a quote or like a, a thing in the preface of Victor Wooten's b- book called The Music Lesson. And he's yeah. like, look, he's like, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, some of this <laughs> is true and some of it isn't. And he's like, don't worry about it. What do you. Yeah. You know, and I thought that was cool, man. I mean, it's like I, I dig that. It's a cool
1: really, concept—a way of looking at things. Like, it doesn't really matter as long as it's the function of it's good. You know, like yeah. if it's doing what it's supposed to.
2: But it, it, but it's a different thing. It's very different to, to have that kind of approach in a like in a teaching kind of environment. Uh, like, like, yeah, yeah. Like,
1: I mean, you you can't. It gets cut too convoluted then. And that's well, no, well, What, what is bu- what? You know.
2: Well, no. I, what I meant to say was like in a uh, uh, like I also read a book. Uh, kind of around a little, maybe a little before I got into Lucid Dreaming uh, called, uh, what was it called, A Million Little Pieces or some, something like that. And it was this book about this drug addict, and uh, it was really intense. But then it came out later. Um, people did a little digging, and they found out he had he, he lied about, like, so if you're presenting something, yeah. yeah. If you're presenting something as something that's real, and then it's not, that's not cool. You know what I mean? Definitely not. But if you're, but if you're an author or a poet or, or a songwriter, and you're writing something, and you're creating a story to 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 share some kind of whatever you want to call it, truth or emotion or something, then that's you know. So like whether the the person that visits you in the dream is a, a, a you know a part of your own subconscious or whatever it is. I mean, it's helping, you know,
1: right. Um, I actually, to back to your guys, I mean, you guys had these dreams of friends that you've lost. Um, you know, obviously Dave was a good friend of mine too. I, you know, obviously wasn't as close, but I can say that I don't think it, I think that there's something to it. I don't know that you're necessarily tapping into a different realm, but maybe the presence of that person or, whatever their energy is still there. So that might have something to do with it. I just, I find it hard to believe from what you explained to me, what you experienced uh, Kevin. I I don't know yours, Chris, I don't know your, your, your dream that you were talking about, but I know Kevin, we had a conversation about it and I just don't believe that there's, it's just your brain making that up like that. Just to me, that's, that's not, that doesn't make sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, I don't know too many things that do make sense anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> yeah. Life's a riddle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about so I was gonna ask you though, we're, we're talking about all this great stuff and dreams and everything. I was gonna say not just to get evil or dark, but like what about nightmares? You know, like what are what are nightmares in comparison to dreams? Is it a dream that's just negative? Like is the is it just the content that's making it that way, or is it truly a different thing altogether?
2: Um, no, I mean no, I tend to think that those are like um similar to how like if you have a, a you know say you you experience something throughout the day and then you, you have a dream about some kind of thing about it, you know it's like a residual it's a it's a residue of your waking life, and I think that those kinds of things like for instance my my daughter had a nightmare last night yeah and uh and i i can almost guarantee you in her sweet little mind it was like monster from pinocchio you know what i mean <laughs> like geppetto so, so, so like i think that we have deeply you know uh, like this is you know like i like i said last time man i i don't know anything about anything but like what i would <laughs> what i would guess is that like it's like a, a thing, like it's like a, a it's a deep rooted fear in yourself rather than some external kind of like threat or something. So
1: you think it's like your inner demons or ego or whatever kind of playing itself out in some dark <laughs> yeah, type
0: dream. It's,
2: it's like trust me, there's enough thoughts half the time. We don't need an extra one, you know. Right but from outside, it
1: seems like. Yeah, I mean the world's a pretty negative place right now. That's why we kind of started this podcast to begin with—is to spread the light, the love, and the truth out there. There's too much bullshit going on. Preach on, brother. Preach on. People getting yeah. at each other's throats. Let's just yeah. heal, brother. Heal.
2: Yeah, it's like—is you know—like I, 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 I think it is what you make it. Like I, I kind of. I know what you mean. Like, I think people are being negative, but the world is has been the world, and it always. No, the I agree worldly. with that.
1: No. no, I'm not disagreeing with that part. I, I agree with what you. The first part of what you said that it's people kind of reacting to this, and I think it's partly the fact that we all have this internet, and it's all at our fingertips, and it can be the most powerful tool, and it can be the biggest, you know, detriment. There's people killing themselves from being bullied and killing themselves from. You know just crazy stuff on the internet and all sorts of weird stuff you know and you know just the climate of it it's just you know we talked about this too the internet's basically the akashic record if anybody knows what the akashic record is it's
2: well it's mostly
1: this astral um space where you can gain all the knowledge from everybody that's ever lived um that, you know anything that's ever been created, basically. So I
2: have a, I have a funny story to t- talk about the Akashic. My dad just told me the story that when he was first uh, reading Steiner, and yeah. like he had, he had like and shortly before that he had read the Bhagavad Gita and was kind of just seeking and getting hungry for something more. He he said that he in in a Steiner book he read he mentioned the Akashic record. And so he's like, what is this record? And so he went to a bookstore. <laughs> and he's like, and it was like kind of like a hit. It's still there. It's called the um the Mayflower in Berkeley. And it's like a really cool, like super uh heady like bookshop. And he went hit in there and warning. he's got a your warning. Oh yeah, books here. He went in there. And then uh, the, the, he was like, "Yeah, where can I find the Akashic record?" And these guys were cracking up. They're like, "Man, yeah, this it's guy you know. is
0: smoking something, man." That's <laughs> a good joke.
2: Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but but also like, but the thing about the internet and all this stuff is like, and this is I was talking to my dad about this last night. We were hanging out and had a good talk. But uh, it's like the internet is like the aromonic, uh expression of of the Akashic, and so what that means, like, there's like a uh, uh, like. So the idea there is that humans are capable of so many things, uh, like for instance, a thing like say clairvoyancy or something, right? right. And so then, like, uh, like the internet is like a perverted, materialistic version of sh- like being telepathic or something. You know what I mean? Sure. Like it's it's like it's not. You don't have to use your brain at all. You can just be- well because it's not it's kind of tying us, like, like we're, we have to use this box and we have to type this stuff. Yeah, there's like, a
1: lot of, like, addiction type. Oh, yeah. It's not your, you're not, I get what he's saying. You're not tapping into it to, like, build something to help humanity. Some people are, or doing your homework or something good like that. There's a lot of people that get on there, get on comment sections, do, you know, get it, like I said, and just send evil stuff to people or evil videos and people laughing at things they should. You know, like, there's just a lot of content that, is unnecessary that is driving, I think, kind of what he's well, talking about, you know. Well,
2: well it, I, 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 no, I 100% agree with what you're saying, but what I'm talking about is a little bit of a different idea. So it's like, it's kind of the same thing that Steiner says about, like, for instance, uh, uh, drinking or any kind of, like, uh, thing that makes, it gives you a false sense of reality and it and it makes you more reliable and a slave to the physical. Gotcha. Okay. So like, it's not the, it's not the real source of joy. It's, it's something that ties you, it kind of ties you down. And so like, if you, if you have to use the internet, you, I mean, you, you have to be plugged either some cables and wires and things are, right. you know what I mean? it's not, it's not, um, it's almost the like a idea, Yeah. But, but there, yeah. And, and you're stuck to it then. But whereas Steiner was saying, no, you can be become almost like, like, a, like we talk about a lucid dream. He was saying you could be lucidly aware of the spiritual world Sure. and the
1: language of it, you know? And I so- think that's more vibrational. Like I, I everything I've been reading it sounds like they call them octaves. It's like either we're, they're different planes are based on vibration somehow. Oh, I don't know I how, see that, you mean. Yeah. how that works, but I think that we're on this, and everything I've read, like the more low of an octave it goes, the more negative or evil, the higher the octave, the more good, light, positivity. That's just what I've been... Kind of mm-hmm. learning I don't know through all that stuff, but
2: yeah and th- and that kind of um and we can see that f- kind of play out and even in music uh like if you if you listen to a lot of the you know like I feel I'm so old man, but like talking <laughs> to this dubstep or whatever this is, you know the, right. uh, <laughs>
0: and all that I it's can't. like <laughs>
1: But, I, feel but like think, I have some sort of disease in my brain when I hear that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, but but like the thing of it, like the thing of it is, it's like all it's like very low. It's very low uh, 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 pitch wise, and yeah. very, you have know, primal, and then contrast that with like seeing seeing <laughs> like an amazing performance with the DSO and the high string violins playing a, a melody. You know, like. Right. Uh, there yeah, are obviously lower instruments, but just like, you don't, you don't get that kind of,
1: you know, anything uh, low. Think about like anything classical, it's like always ominous and dark, you know, it's never, you know, I don't know. There's just something weird to it. Even like a lot of Pink Floyd stuff, like the piano parts and stuff are just really low octave and, and kind of dark. And I, I so there might be something to that. I mean, who knows?
2: Well, I've actually, uh, been looking into this concept called negative harmony. Have you guys heard of this? No. no. Uh, and, and it actually it, it, like everybody, like I'm, I, maybe it's all the time and I'm just becoming more aware of the people talk a lot about in music, uh, or describe music in terms of brightness and darkness, but just like you did. And so that sure. they they have this guy. Um, and actually I ordered this book on Amazon. It should have come today, I think, but maybe it'll come tomorrow, but it's a theory <laughs> about harmony and like, you guys know the circle of fifths. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, like the diagram, the circle of fifths. So, and I, I'm going to mess this up because it's new to me, but basically when you go, let me see, I got to do it the opposite way because the camera, but like when you go, you know, you're going C, G, D, and you go around and you're doing mm-hmm. the circle of fists, it's the brighter sounds. And then it gets darker as you get into the the latter part that, that it's like the, it's, it, it talks about polarity, like, you know, light and dark, yin and yang, the whole thing. Yeah, that,
1: but I mean, that makes sense kind of actually what you're saying.
2: And then the concept is that you can have a melody. Like, like the, the examples I've been seeing is like, say you're, you have uh, a melody in the key of C or just take a C major scale. You know, you, you have root, you go whole right. step, whole step, half step, whole step, whole step, whole step. Okay, so there's intervals that you're going in sure. the scale. And then you can also go the opposite direction in the same intervals. And, and then through that, you can create harmonies that have a similar oh, uh, device as like a five dominant chord would. You know yeah, what I mean, it's but on, the, cool.
1: yeah, no, on uh, the
2: other side of the circle of fits, though, you, like you yeah. go across, and then it's cool. I gotta look into it, but um, it's really fascinating.
0: No, that sounds so like is, so a cool concept. Is, so, what does it create? Dark sounding harmonies.
2: It, cre- it, it It's. Um, I'm gonna. I mean, i, I
0: tension type shit.
2: Well, it's, it's more about getting to the same place from, from a different road kind of thing. Okay. So like, yeah. So you know how certain chords serve a certain device they're, they're, they're a device in a song, like there's a two, five, one, or there's a you know a, 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 a major chord that goes to the minor four, and that has an impact. Well what they're saying is there's a whole other world of harmonic uh, potential. That we don't usually think of it's like the so inverse. if we were
1: talking like math it would be like the negative integers of music kind of i like don't if think math that. goes like z- like one two three four you know like zero then negative one negative two negative three kind of like that
2: i guess uh, i guess so, so it's like yeah. almost like
1: the like a, like a <laughs> like a mirror of it but just the opposite way
2: yeah kind of, yeah but then there's there's there are some things about it like I, like I'm I'm really just starting to be even become aware of it and I'm certainly no like uh, I'm not even I wouldn't say even knowledgeable about it I'm just sharing the idea of it. No, but, it's, like it's, cool. Yeah. It's something about where you have to base it off of the fifth. So like if you're in C, you go to, it, it's it becomes G Phrygian instead of C major. Right. So it's 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 there's some there is some math you have to do in your head. So when like you're doing
1: D it. would be like D Mixolydian if it was A or something like that.
2: Well, if it were D, it would become A Phrygian, I think.
1: Okay. I don't know. No, I'm saying if it was A, it would become oh, oh, D. Okay. Uh, like if your A was the lower octave, it would be D would be the higher one. Of it would whatever. be free. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's actually kind of cool. I mean, I, I guess I never even really thought about that. I mean, I played the guitar <laughs> <I>. too. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, all this stuff is just crazy to think of. I mean, like, just the whole dream thing. Like I said, we don't know anything <laughs> about Like, we literally know nothing about it scientifically. Like, I think the best ex- explanation I heard, um, which wasn't, like, a very um, intricate one, was one where they described it as, like, okay, so we're basically machines, and that when we sleep, our bodies running on such a low, you know, whatever that we're on like standby and when we're on standby our mind does the same thing kind of and then that's why so if that if that was the case though i think in myself well that means that maybe there is a different realm because if your mind and your body are on standby nothing really going on there's not much activity or there is actually when you get into REM. but you know that point it's like maybe there is something going on there because if we're our bodies are kind of like shut down you know it's kind of like uh you know putting a, an amp on standby or a computer on standby.
2: Yeah. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I always like really dislike those like machinery analyst. And, and I, I uh, don't like it. Either. I'm just
1: telling you what the best thing oh, I've heard. Oh, yeah, That's not what I believe. I believe more along the line of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, I believe there is something else and there is a lot more to dreaming than we know. And the whole, you know, we can get into this too, is the, DMT factor. I mean, we were talking, I think we were talking on the other one a little bit about it, but um, they think maybe, you know, maybe your body's slowly releasing DMT and when you get to the REM cycle, like you need to be sleep. That's why you need to be asleep for a certain time to get into it. Cause maybe that's when your body starts to produce this stuff. And that's when you start to dream, you know?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, but like the one thing that's really useful about it is w- once you get into a, uh, a lucid state and you've kind of worked on being able to be really in it, because uh, what'll happen is at first you'll get excited and then you'll forget that you're dreaming, you know, yeah, and you, yeah. you'll or you'll think it's, you'll think that that's real. And then once that happens, then you're done and you'll be out of it. But um, when you are in a real like conscious lucid dream state what you realize you look around and you you look at the uh how intricate everything is in the dream like like the thing i always talk about with this is like you look around and you see millions of blades of grass and you see these trees and you see houses and you see all this stuff and they're images that you've you've made sure that, that are stored up or there's some kind of like um composite thing of memories but but the but the the fact of the matter is, you're creating that entire world in your mind, you know, in real time. You, I mean, I mean, talk uh, like yeah, everything. Same. You're creating that, like, and, and so, uh, you but know. like,
1: back to what I was saying, though, is okay. So, like, you look at like Edgar Casey, this guy used to fall asleep yeah. and then channel. Um, same thing with the guy that rant, wrote that of papers. That guy fell asleep. So, where is it that they're being taken, not advantage of, but are they being tapped into? Because it's easier at that point, or is that some, like, that's what I'm saying, is there some connection to some other realm that these people are, you know, like, when they're going into these states, are they connecting to something that we could all not necessarily connect to, but that's, if that were to happen, that's where it would be, or something. I don't know, that's
2: just... I Yeah, I think I know what you're saying, but, I, like, yeah, I don't think... Um... I don't think it's any like exclusive thing like they're like um obviously uh, these people are special in the sense that they're sure. very unique and rare but um like what I, this is the belief that I have um and it comes from you know how much vedanta resonates with me is that they don't say that only a few are able to become self-realized they say everybody is it's just not everybody's willing to do the work to get there you know, so talking right. about how, how do you tap into the akashic or these things? Right. You know, I think. So it is takes, it when
1: these people achieve that though? Is this when they reach nirvana? Is when they figure that out? Is that what that is?
2: I well, you know, or uh, seventh
1: heaven or whatever you want to call it, whatever.
2: Well, I I, I don't um, I don't think so. I think that I think that they're. Um,
1: uh, By that I mean, like we were talking about. A couple episodes when you were on, we were talking about uh, incarnation and the soul coming back as like a soul cycle. I'm mm-hmm. saying during that cycle, if you're like you're saying, if you're you're coming into all these entities and you're not doing anything to progress yourself, but let's say you or I are on these like spiritual missions, Kevin's on the spiritual mission, and we're all trying to figure this thing out by doing that and becoming the best versions of ourselves. Are we putting ourselves in position to? you know, more close to that position, I, sh- I guess I should say, um, you know, down that path is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, I th- well, I think so. I mean, like we talked about before, I think things are cause and effect. And so if you, if you do a lot of work on yourself and evolve, then that accrues over time and lifetimes, potentially, if you, you know, if you believe in the theory of reincarnation, which I think actually makes a lot of sense. You know, when you, when you see a, a two-year-old prodigy Yeah. You know, it's something, whether it be in, you know, what, what, engineering or a musical prodigy. It's like, where does that come from?
1: Dude, there was an interesting Uh, one on uh, ancient aliens where this little kid was having nightmares every night that he was getting shot down in a plane over the Pacific. Uh, and he was basically this guy that was in the wars incarnate yeah. and he knew everything about the plane. He even started telling his dad and his dad like looked it up. He's like, yeah, this guy went down and this little kid ended up meeting these, the guy's family. And they were like, this kid knows stuff that nobody else would have known. Like this is absolutely that was, bizarre.
2: I saw that, but that wasn't, I, I thought that wasn't on ancient aliens, but it was it on, was on a,
1: there too, but, but it I mean, was on there too.
2: Some, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I thought they had a whole show on, um, uh, there's a phenomenon where, uh, uh kids i think usually they lose it by like two and a half or three or something like that but there's tons of cases of kids that remember certain things that they're saying are their past lives or who they are and then people verify the the, you know things like uh, the guy's name he was a pilot in world war one or whatever it was
1: and then shot down by like a japanese plane that's right i know exactly yeah
2: i know what you're talking about and like um
0: that's pretty cool
2: it's crazy. Yeah. yeah it's I mean, I mean, look, it could be, it could be like uh, some weird elaborate hoax from the parents or something. I don't know, but uh,
1: no, I I, I, mean, I I don't believe that. I mean, I know. I know.
2: What you're. I've, I've seen that exact kid. And um, that's
1: weird oh. that, that you just said like three or four or whatever. And that your inch papers, it talks about, we receive our thought adjuster, like part of the divine when we become four to five years old. So maybe there's something to that where, you lose this other thing that could be just like a like a like a leftover, like an extension, you know.
2: Well, yeah, um, Steiner talks about this too. Um, it's a big thing, you know. Especially if you look at the like a lot of people misunderstand some of the things about the Waldorf school, which is the school that he founded, based yeah. on anthroposophy, and 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 like they were very they were very against like forcing kids to do all this academic type stuff. Like they don't even force um they don't force like um super young kids to read and a lot of people have a problem with that and think that they won't be able to read or something but it's just that they 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 his theory was that they're still partially in that spirit realm they have they're having like residue from that and like and that's why they they're so imaginative and you know and like everything's magic you know like my and daughter forget, is yeah. so fun to watch you know because she's just she's she's in a different almost like a different world (laughs) and uh anyway and like he has this whole theory about how when they lose their teeth they're starting to really come in to the world and then and then it keeps going like when you turn 21 or around that age your ego fully carnate uh, incarnates to you and you you know like so it's this whole he has a whole rhythm to it
1: it makes sense too. actually turn like 21 22 that's kind of when my anxiety started to really build up. It was almost like an awakening of what mortality or like this realm. And it kind of set this like thing in motion that I had to kind of conquer eventually. But, um, yeah. it's almost like an awakening, but not necessarily a good one. I guess it just depends on where you're in life, but you know,
2: well, it's kind of, I mean, those kind of things though, it's like, um,
0: yeah, I think we all have like a, a test We we have to, you know
2: i think that's the only reason we're here so
0: i mean i like i I mean a lot of people that's why a lot of uh young adults get depression and stuff that's like oh here it is is. They're thrust into the world and you know it's a scary it's a scary fucking place and some some people just aren't ready to handle that or whatever but i mean we all have like those weird problems i mean i remember i had you know i was depressed and stuff too i think it was based on not knowing what i wanted to do or whatever with my life but you know, like, Maisie, you're saying that's when your problems spawn, but, right? You no, know, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you went after it, and you conquered it, so. I mean, yeah. it's, I wouldn't say conquer. I mean, it's always a well, work no, in yeah. progress. Like yeah. he's saying,
1: there's always this, like, little bit of residue that kind of hangs with you, and, I mean, maybe it always will. And maybe that's kind of what our character is or what builds us up is just the knowledge of that thing. If you forget it completely, it might not, you know, serve its so- purpose.
2: And then the other interesting thing is that – this is talking about Steiner now – is that I I think he had – like, similarly, on the macro level, on a a larger scale, um, what he talked about was that a similar thing happened uh, with human beings in general, is that we used to be – that's when you had all these magical stories and all these things that were trying to tell truths about, the ultimate truths through stories, through myths, and they were very connected to the stars and all – and 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 even the spirit realm, if you want to call it, whatever you want to call it. But then, sure. and it's it's gradually the, the, like it's like like what he calls that harmonic. You're being sucked down into the 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 world and thinking that this is it, you know, like this yeah. is, this is all there is. Or, you know, like it's like. Uh, um, but then I think he says,
1: "So like, is the yeah. harmonic is that like a reality prison, basically? Like you know, it's a be-
2: it, it's more of a being." So he talks about like.
1: Like um, the devil, or is it not that evil? It's
2: okay. Donald
0: Trump, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: so he, like, normally when you hear like people talking about like religious stuff like this, they'll talk about there's there's a God or Jesus and the devil. And what yeah. he what he said was the whole thing about Christ was he was the he was the balance b- between three um, different entities or beings, whatever, they're, they're on a different, like you were saying, those different octaves. These are more powerful, more developed uh, beings. But he said Christ is the, the center of it, and then there was the Luciferic, and there was the Armonic. And that's why he, he was needed to bring balance to the world.
1: Um, so so the Armonic is just... So I guess what I'm asking, though, is are they both evil? Because like, Lucifer can be interpreted definitely as evil, because even if it's just error like let's say it's just an error in life or an error in judgment or error and that's what's you know that is then what's the other side of it
2: well well they, they, they express in different ways so like the luciferic i think his thing with that was it was more like the um you would see that uh yeah you, uh, you guys have to have my dad talk about this stuff one of these times because he, he yeah knows we're gonna so bring him fun.
0: on yeah, yeah
1: we'll yeah, bring it, your dad it, and we'll have the it, whole family
2: yeah, right. you're kind of going through the. the, the here. Sarah, by the way, Sarah's mad that you guys didn't ask her to be on an episode. So. She can be
1: on an episode. What, what, what do we got? Is she? A I don't know. Social she, worker, teacher.
2: She well, she got her degree, her uh, master's in forensic psychology. So she has, she might have some cool, like, kind of like stuff to talk about. We can
1: get her and Emma on here and get a real, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, a a a woman's her. point of view of the of yeah. the world here. So,
2: wait, I lost my train of thought. Okay, the Aramonic and the Luciferic. So, um, it, it, like, the Luciferic expresses, I think, more in art. And it's, it's kind of like the, you know how you hear the stories about um, selling your soul to the devil or, like, the dark side of, like, um, like if you think of Jimmy Page, as much as we love him, there's, like, yeah. something dark about yeah. that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard <laughs> Do of him? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, he's, like, there's something, like, he's, like, a mad, dark wizard guy. And like so I think that that would be more like what the luciferic is it's like that like uh like uh ego like artistic creative side, and then the arma armonic i think is, is is expressing itself more as the um the current state of scientific uh, thought and reductionism in in the materialistic things um uh, which almost like kind of, you know, so the question, like, are they evil? I think they, 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 they're, they somehow they have some kind of role they're playing. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. But I mean, couldn't something play a role and still be evil? Like I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. couldn't it still like, that's its purpose, unfortunately for whatever that entity is or whatever that energy is.
2: Well, um, I think, but, but I think that if you have, if you believe in free will, so if if you ask yourself, do you believe in free will, um, and if the answer is yes, then that means that there's going to be the potential for uh, evil. For and, and, yeah, but and we, we see this play out. We don't even have to put it on, a, like, a spiritual level. We see this play out in our lives. Uh, if, if there's freedom, there's, there's always a, there's going to be, like, for instance, I, I'm a lover of maximum liberty and freedom. But I also understand that that can lend itself to, like, say, free speech. Sure. Well, one thing that's included in that is people saying really awful things, really hateful, <laughs> awful things. Yeah. But it's essential that they can do that; sure. that they have their free will to do that. And and so, mm-hmm. if you're going to have freedom, you're going to. That's been
1: a real hot topic lately, too.
2: It's uh, so it's it's bad. going me tell you. That's that, yeah. that's
1: why we're doing this. That's what I'm saying. We stay away from that and just bring light to the to the world instead of all this darkness. It, it this so actually of- look. Sorry to cut you off, but talking about darkness, do you know anything about this thing? It's called the Devil's Bible, the Codex Gigas. No. This book is 165 pounds. It's massive. Um, it's I think it's the biggest book in history, they said. Um, it was written in 1230 AD, basically. A priest was in trouble, and it said that he prayed to the devil, and he wrote this book in one night, and it's like a complete manuscript of like, Prayers and, and remedies and all sorts of stuff. Um, and this thing was written. They said, and actually, there's a National Geographic thing I watched on it um, where they said that one person did write this, and it would have taken somebody like hundreds of years to write. So it was like this, like kind of discrepancy in how how was somebody able to do this? And even if they said it was impossible for somebody to like recreate this after somebody died or to add on to it or whatever. But I mean, when you look at stuff like that, like you know, we were talking about the devil. It's like maybe there is this thing, this inspiration or this you know, evil divine thing. Kind of like there's an evil good, there's an evil divine um, that people tap into that too.
2: Yeah, I mean, like from so my own personal perspective, because like I was just sharing like the Steiner thought on the armonic and the Luciferic and the Christ. As far as, like, in my little, like, meager understanding of it. But where I go with it is, like, uh, you know, again, there are things I can know, and there are things I can't know. And I try not to get bogged down with things I can't know. So what I do is I say, okay, well, I know, you know, whether you want to call it evil or the devil or anything like that, there are dark things in my own self, you know. Sure. and And that's what I need to work on, you know and i but 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 i I don't like think of it as like an external some other being right. you know although like although you know if you if you go back and read some of the things that Steiner said were gonna ha- be happening and and the way it was going to express itself it's pretty um um you know it's it's not looking good the way it's no,
1: I agree <laughs> with that, and actually there's a part of the Urantia book papers too where it talks about how the devil or evil is error actually almost like if you look at a computer and you get an error or something's an error or something's wrong or whatever that's just what it is it's like a misunderstanding or a miss um i don't know it's just like a miss in general you know like it talks about how for instance like uh and if you look at it too like look at what's going on in society there's all this evil negativity all these people doing these people. there's something going wrong in these people's lives where they're either going to shoot something up blow something up whatever there's an error there at some point they've been failed as a human being whether it was from their parents whether it was from schools whether it was from a bully so I mean I, I believe that too that there's definitely it's like an energy it's not like what you're saying it's not this like one person that's just pulling strings up there or whatever you know
2: yeah Mhm. yep it's, it's crazy times, man. Crazy times.
1: All right. Well, you got anything else? Uh, you got any interesting uh, dream uh,
0: experiences either of you want to talk about? <laughs> I, think, I think we covered it pretty good for me. All right.
2: Yeah, man, you guys need to do a thing on this meteor thing from last.
1: Yeah, night. I, I text this kid because I saw a video. Like somebody had a video of it and put it on Facebook of this thing. It's it's like a, it looks like a like a like a meteorite, but then it stops in the sky and there's just like big ball of light. It's very yeah. weird.
2: There are three separate things that are seemingly connected because they're, they're all last night. So there was, there, there was the, you've probably seen the video where somebody's on the freeway and there's a meteor or whatever, yeah. you know, the, uh, whatever it is, it, right. it, it burns out and it's, but it's crazy and awesome. And it's kind of this bluish and it lights up and all this stuff. Yeah. And then it kind of fizzles out. But then there's a separate one where the, I, I saw pictures from people, I guess it was in Taylor and it was this red glowing thing, but it was like on the ground. It wasn't like it just shot. It was like there stationary. And then, <laughs> but then there was a beam of light shooting up
1: i think I, that's i thought i think i saw a further video of what you're talking because Damn, everybody I there's like a million videos it. online
0: it's crazy I mean, this brings a nice segue into our uh, our t- topic for next episode aliens
1: <laughs> yeah i want to talk
2: about that one man like, i'm inviting myself on man nice. I, I, all right yeah, I'm talk yeah. about that yeah. It, 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 and then the um uh then this morning like I would, like, we're we're close to selfridge air base so whatever, you know relatively yeah, i was
0: thinking that's the first thing that came into my mind was well, well army type shit
2: well yeah and then this morning it scared the crap out of me like a fighter jet flew flew by like pretty low and it rumbles your house yeah it's, like, pretty startling
1: like i, I was by at, an airport in chicago i hear that uh, a lot i'm like what the fuck is that oh it's just a plane
2: yeah, but, I, but like the fighter jets are is seriously. You think you're Donnie
1: Darko for a second, and you yeah. can wake up.
2: Yeah, it's just sitting there playing my guitar. You know, I'm like playing Amazing Grace on my guitar, yeah. <laughs> and then this fire. <laughs> that would be the
0: perfect
1: thing by. to go so, out so, and. I'm,
0: I'm this guy's amazing. playing to the heavens, man. <laughs> Hear my song. <laughs> all right.
1: Well, that was a good one for the books. Thanks, Chris, for stopping by. We'll have you back. We I can talk them. about the aliens and uh, <laughs> yeah. and Tom oh, DeLong and all those good little nuggets are oh, you guys there. talking about
2: that yeah man i've got we'll to we'll yeah. get into that
1: we'll get into that and don't worry <laughs> all right yeah, well thanks folks
0: we'll talk to you next time